welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. Today, Joy and I talked with Kelly O'Dell Stanley, who is the author of Praying Upside Down and her newest book, Designed to Pray. Kelly is a graphic designer, an artist, an author, and she has a great website, prayingupsidedown.com, where you can get some great resources. And we talked to her about how she became a writer and prayer and about her two books with Tyndale. So check out her website, prayingupsidedown.com. You can follow her on Facebook or find her on Twitter. And check out her books at tyndale.com. Kelly, if you could just share with us about a little bit about your background, you know, where you come from, where you are now, and then how you became an artist and a writer. All right. Well, I have been around art my whole life. My dad is a professional watercolorist. He supported my family my whole growing up with his painting. So I grew up in sort of a rural community, small town atmosphere, but we got to go to art gallery openings and things like that. So we kind of saw both sides of that world. So instead of dolls and toys, I had silk screen frames and, you know, cameras and calligraphy books. So I just kind of grew up always with that in mind, but I thought I wanted to do something that required my brain because at the time I didn't think that that, you know, art was one thing and then there was the intellectual side. So I decided to be an architecture major in college and then I discovered that I really don't do three dimensions very well. I love 2D. So I switched to graphic design and I've been in this world ever since. So I'm one of those rare people who has made her career out of what she majored in in college. Mm. So anyway, I've had my own business for 20 some years, probably about 15 years ago when I don't know how to define that time when God kind of got hold of me as an adult. Um, all of a sudden I had something I wanted to say and I started writing because I felt like I had something to share. And what I discovered is writing feeds from that same well of creativity. It all comes from the same place. And so I just see it as an extension of the art that I've always done my whole life. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so your, your new book is Designed to Pray and your previous book with Tyndale was Praying Upside Down. Can you, talk, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Praying Upside Down and how that kind of ties into your new, your new book? Well, I'll give you a short answer and then a longer one. Okay. Um, the short answer is Praying Upside Down was about telling my story. It's what I've seen of God and how I've seen him work. Um, and Designed to Pray is about helping other people find their own stories. Um, Praying Upside Down is based on the idea that when you turn an image upside down to copy it, it frees your mind from your expectations and lets you see what's really in front of you. Um, when my husband and I owned two houses for two years, I started praying for the woman who would someday buy my house. And doing that let me see all the ways that God was working in the situation. It took me out of the center of it and let me see this bigger picture. And I realized at one point that I was praying upside down, just like an artist draws upside down. Because I didn't say, the only way God can answer my prayers is for me to sell this house and for me to make money and for this to happen on my time frame. But when I realized that there was something else going on, it helped me hold on and help me see him in a new way. So at the end of each chapter in Praying Upside Down, I talk, I have a prayer palette, which is practical applications of the different artistic concepts I talk about. So from there, Design to Pray is sort of, sort of took the prayer palette as a jumping off point and went farther from there. So it's just about different ways to explore and implement a lot of different concepts and a lot of different um, approaches to prayer, because God has so many facets that will never begin to touch on all of them. 
but I think that by exploring, we find out a lot about ourselves and we learn a lot about him in the process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Kelly, did you find that it was a pretty natural integration for me, for you, your whole spiritual life of integrating sensory experiences and art, or is that something that's been newer to you, you know, in the past 15 years? Well, it's always been there, but I didn't realize it until I wrote Praying Upside Down. Because as I started, I had this idea and it was just about this praying upside down. But then all of a sudden I realized that everything I know about art also applies to faith. I started looking at composition and white space and perspective. And and I just, I mean, I would go to Barnes & Noble and pull out the all the books on art, all the references. And it was the spiritual experience for me because yeah. I realized I've always seen the world sort of that way. And it just, it brought a lot in because I think. I mean, our God is creative. Every time he solves a problem, he does it in an unexpected way. And it's always different, but he stays within the parameters of who he is every time. And he just can surprise us and make something from nothing. And so I think when we get in touch with that side, I think it allows us to see different aspects of God than we might have otherwise. Now, if um, people go to our website or um, there's a sample of Design to Pray on there, it's the first chapter or the first so many pages and you can see a variety of different activities um, and, and you can see that's not just a journal it's not just a, right. a devotional it's not just a coloring book um, there's many different activities including like you get people out of their chairs and service right um, uh, do you have do you have a favorite activity in the book or um, a, a couple favorites that you could talk about just to give people an idea of what they might find in um, the book. I don't know that these are my favorites, but off the top of my head, I really had fun doing this. It was sort of like putting a puzzle together because each week is a different theme. And within that theme, there's a variety of exercises. So I didn't want two coloring pages in one week and I didn't want two writing things. Um, but one of them I think that's pretty relevant right now it is a Facebook status. It's, you know, we put on these fronts for the public consumption. And, you know, if you could write a Facebook status about what you're really struggling with right now in life, what would you say if you didn't have to worry about what people thought? And then the second part of that is now write it from God's perspective. How do you think he sees that? So there's some things like that that are just about sort of taking a different point of view and just kind of getting real. You know, there's one, it's a bunch of suitcases and what baggage do you have? And one is some picture frames and it's, you know, who the gallery of influence of your life, who are those people, and to say prayers for them. So it just tries to approach a lot of things, both about discovering ourselves and giving thanks for all that we've already found. Mm -hmm. Yes, and like, you know, Adam was saying, not only just the intellectual or the, even with your hands, but getting your whole body involved just reminds me of, I, I was recently reading Jeremiah 31 and how God was recalling the past of the, Israeli, um, you know, take over by the Assyrians and then how he was going to bring the exiles back and bring them to a restored land and how he encouraged them to rejoice and to dance. And I think that the posture, posture of our minds and hearts are really important in worship. And it's not just an intellectual exercise to connect with God. And I think so many of us forget that or like maybe honor that a little bit more. And I think it's really neat that you said, even the, even in the title, we are designed to pray. And prayer is so much more than words. Right. I love that you're talking about posture. One of the exercises in the book is the postures of prayer and about how 
you know, when we pray, God accepts our prayer, whatever it is, and there's not a right or wrong way, but how when I am kneeling on the floor and I feel like I'm sitting at the feet of God, how that changes the way I pray compared to when I'm standing with my arms up. And so one of the exercises is just, you know, shut the door if you feel stupid so nobody can see you, but just try some of these different things and see how it changes the way you approach God. Just again, more exploration. Yes, so. absolutely. And in one of your chapters, you know, as you said, you, you work through it by week and then by day. And I was reading through the book. Um, it's day six of week three. I'm pretty sure it says more than one way to see him. And, um, we often think that we, if we pray a certain way or if we're really adamant in prayer, God will answer the way we hope. And you encourage us to um, see God in a different way. So what is the counsel or the encouragement, like you said about your houses? Sometimes God does not answer in a predictable way. So uh, right. how do we deal with things like that? Well, I think we deal with it by understanding that there's probably a different way to see it. We don't always get the privilege of seeing that. Mm -hmm. um, in that exercise, in that page day week that you're talking about, uh, my father-in-law passed away last summer mm -hmm. and he had been diagnosed with cancer, but he was still healthy. And he went into the hospital, he had an infection and within 24 hours he was gone. So it was, you'd think it would be expected, but it really wasn't. Um, and, you know, we're all devastated and we're praying for God to heal him. And, you know, they're in there working on him and we're in the middle of this thing where we're standing there holding hands as a family and praying and crying. And a little bit later, the donor coordinator came in. The only way to heal the cancer that he had was a bone marrow transplant. And she had just gotten word that there were no donors anywhere in the world. And so, you know, we're heartbroken, but he could not have been cured by medicine with that. And so, you know, we can look at it that, you know, it's awful. God didn't hear our prayers and we lost him. And of course we're sad, but then we can also look at it. He could have suffered. He would have suffered a whole lot more pain. It would have been long and agonizing and there wasn't a medical solution. So, you know, sometimes it takes stepping back and seeing a bigger picture and understanding that it, yes, it's sad that we lost him and no, our prayers were the prayers that we asked weren't answered, but a prayer was answered. And you know, if we can, like I said, we don't always get to see it, but when we can step back and sort of see the bigger picture, sometimes we get to see that God did his creative thing and did what was right. Yes, absolutely. And I think remembrance of God's faithfulness in the past or seeing it in other people's mm -hmm. lives allows us, even when we don't have that perspective yet, which is so important in art, you know, to have perspective, right. um, that we, we can still be encouraged when our hope isn't as strong as it usually is. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Along those same lines, um, I feel like the, especially recently, there's almost been like a backlash against the idea of prayer, like in the media, like offering up thoughts and prayers, like what's, mm -hmm. what's that going to do? There's been a lot of negativity around that. So there's been a lot of people who are, who are like frustrated or disenfranchised with the idea of prayer. If we have people in our life like that, how would you recommend mm -hmm. encouraging them to to, to see it in a d different perspective? Well, I think when I encounter somebody like that's going through a struggle, I mean, I've been there too, so I can relate. I've been there where I felt like God wasn't listening and it wasn't doing any good. But what I've discovered, he is there and he never changes, but we change. So when we try something new, it might break something loose in us that allows us to connect to him in a different way. So, 
you know, I'm all about try something again, try something new, do something different because there are millions of personalities. And I think God speaks to each of us in a different way. So, you know, the fact that we don't think we hear from him or we don't see him or we don't feel him doesn't mean he's not listening because I believe with all my heart he is. So I just try to encourage people that, you know, there's more than we see and more that we can understand and to just, you know, if this isn't working, try something else. Yes. And Kelly, I did read your book, uh, Praying Upside Down, and one of the concepts that was most meaningful to me was the concept of white space and how often we feel, even as believers, that the more we scribble in and the more things we put on the page, the better it is, the more full our life will be. Um, But I've recently realized through a series of events and spiritual disciplines that it really is beneficial to have white space. So can you explain that concept to our listeners and then how you've maybe seen that as a powerful thing in your own life? Sure. Um, The concept of white space in art is to allow room so that your eye can focus on what you want them to see. So it's not filling the page with a million things. It's sort of a hierarchy. You know, you put this here with nothing around it and that's where your eye goes. And so the way I implement that in prayer is trying not to fill my prayer with just my conversation. You know, it's a two-sided communication. So I have to um, be willing to listen and not just always be talking, but also in my life, I can't fill it so full with my own plans that there's no room for God to work, that I can't be nudged in a different direction or whatever. But my friend Karen once said, you know, I was going through this thing. I'm like, I want to do this and Bible study and this and that. And I see God in all of it. I see God in my work. And I, and she said, God's in everything, but you can't do everything. Mm. And that was really a big moment for me because I thought that's right. I can't just because God's there doesn't mean I have to be there. So, you know, I kind of use that her, her thing was take a Sharpie and look at your calendar and mark out whatever it is that you can let go of that day. And just sort of letting that, letting God be the guide, trying not to fill it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I find that that's really beneficial that even I get into these habits of, oh, like a plan was canceled or something. And it's like, oh, how can I fill that time? Like automatically going to, I need to make use of every moment. And, um, I find that that's not always the most beneficial thing, so. Right. Well, recently I had to have my biceps tendon repaired. I tore it. It was just a fluke, but it's my right hand. I'm right-handed. I'm self-employed. I'm a designer. And you'd think that you could still use a mouse, but I needed both hands and I couldn't do it. And so I truly took that time off and I'm not one to relax. You know, I go to a beach and I want to read a book while I write something while I, you know, I just can't do that. So but really, I'm trying to learn. I think God's trying to teach me and show me that I don't have to fill every moment. I need to let him guide. So I resigned from one of my largest clients, and I'm taking this big leap of faith that you know, I have to put him and my writing first. I have to put my prayer life first. And so I'm, I've literally switched the order in which I do things, and my mornings are all about prayer and writing and reaching out to people, and my afternoons are about my business. Um, and it over, you know, it overlaps. I'm not very legalistic about it, but I just, it's really helped me in my mind to feel like I'm, you know, my first fruits are going to what matter to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, that's beautiful. Do you have something, you know, you say you're learning about that in prayer right now, something you're excited about artistically. Um, I know you probably work with a variety of clients, um, 
So what's, yeah, what's exciting to you? Because I'm sure you see change in that and always want to grow also. Yeah. Um, I don't know, really. I love design and it's a natural thing for me. But really where I get excited is my writing. Um, I've, what I've seen through this process that I didn't expect, you know, I knew that in theory writing was a ministry. But what I didn't understand was how when I'd open myself up to other people in my writing, how they would open up to me. And so people come to me and I'm I'm overwhelmed sometimes because I'm thinking I didn't I haven't put in anything into this relationship. I haven't earned their trust. They, you know, and people say, I've never told anyone this before. And they cry and they ask for prayer. And, you know, I've sort of I guess the exciting thing about writing is just that I get to um use it as a way to connect with people. So that's really probably what I'm most excited about. It's not the design or art, but just sort of understanding that um, my writing reaches places that I wouldn't reach mm -hmm. on my own, so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we've talked with a few other authors who have said a very similar thing, that when they share their story, people are apt and excited to share their story, and especially something that's as personal as prayer, where you're intimate with God who sees and knows you, even before you say a word, um, to have someone else who's encouraging them in it. Because we all know prayer is good, and, and we're commanded to pray, but sometimes we just don't have the tools, or we feel frustrated, or like we're going in circles, um, especially for something that we're hoping for, and we feel like that's hope deferred, and you know our hearts are sick with it, and it's it's so neat to have some practical tools that you have. Right. One big surprise to me is that how many people have come to me and said, you know, I just don't know how, anything about prayer. I need, mm -hmm. And when I talk to them, they do. They've prayed their whole life. But I think because it's so abstract, yeah. we feel like we're not doing it right. Like there's got to be a better way. We want a method. You know, we can't look at something and see these results and know that we have answers. And so I think people are trying to hold on to something and find something that they can grab hold of to encourage them to keep going. And so, I mean, my hope in all of these things that I write is that these will give people practical ways to say, okay, I can see that I'm praying, praying. I can see, you know, start to discover that maybe there were some answers that I missed along the way. And just, you know, our stories are what encourage us to keep going. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have a blog, Kelly, that you write, a website, really. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? And if our listeners want to go and hear more from you, how they can do that? Well, it's kellyostanley.com. And I've been working on designing it to be sort of a prayer resource. Because when I look at what I've written, you know, I thought art would be the hook. And art is what ties them together, but they're all about prayer at their heart. So... I design these prayer prayer prompt calendars each month that are free downloads to people who subscribe, and I've gotten such positive reaction to it. You know, they're they're random things. You know, pray for your first grade teacher, pray for someone who grew up in your neighborhood, pray for someone wearing high heels today. You know, just whatever. But the idea is to just there's always more we can pray about, and we're told in the Bible to pray without ceasing, and this is sort of just a way to kind of jumpstart your prayers and get you going. So. Um, I've sort of refocused my site to be more about some of these things and some posts about, you know, how to pray when you're out of words, how to pray when you're frustrated, how to pray when you're overwhelmed. And I've just really seen a lot of great reaction to it. And it's been fun because my, I guess here's the answer to your earlier question. My most fun design projects right now are these prayer prompt calendars. Mm -hmm. They started as just a calendar and some squares would have different pictures, just sort of random whatever. 
but now they've grown into sort of a theme thing. For August, I'm the mother of three and two in college and one in high school. And, you know, I'm an elder at my church and I'm a writer and I have my own business. You know, I have all these things, but August is like this circus month for me because we're going back to school. We're trying to get everything done, have to get sports physicals and, you know, and my book launches August 1st, all of these things. But so I did the calendar in the theme of a circus or carnival. Um, and just use some of those things, you know, the strong man with the hammer, you know, pray for strength, help God to, you know, have God to help you through these days. So I've had a lot of fun with that. And I've sort of spent probably way too much time on, <laughs> on developing those calendars, but it really is the most fun thing I think right now. Awesome. So yeah, when we post this episode, we'll be sure to put the links to those, uh, prayer prompt calendars and your website along with uh, the, the podcast so when you're listening if you're listening to this right now you can click over and look at those but I would love that and say hi while you're over there <laughs> yes yeah well Kelly we're coming to the end of our time is there anything else you'd like to share anything we may not have covered that you wanted to talk about um I think right now our society is struggling with a lot of different things mm -hmm. And I think that prayer is the answer. You know, we get so discouraged because we can look around at the community of believers and see that everybody's fragmented and divided. And, you know, in John 17, which is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus, he talks about unity. You know, by the way we come together as one, people will know that what I've said is true. Mm -hmm. And so I just would encourage people right now, you know, we have a lot of division and a lot of disagreement. And I think you know, God's bigger than anything I do, but I don't want to be the one that's hurting his message. I don't want to not represent his message. So I just really, my prayer focus right now is how can I be used to allow God's believers to see what we have in common, that we all belong to him rather than look for what we have separate and divide us. So I think right now in this volatile climate, yes, um, it's easy to get discouraged, but in John 16, um, 33, it says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. You know, we can't get caught up in what's in the world. We've got to remember that God is bigger and he's in control and in the end he wins. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that a lot of people are struggling with today. Mm -hmm. Yes, and Adam and I see that, you know, we're online all the time and trying to minister to felt needs. And there are a lot of needs of our society right now, a lot of hopelessness, a lot of discord. And I appreciate you bringing up John 17. It really is by the unity of his family, of the believers in this world, that people are gonna know what we say is real. Right, and we, when we come together and we share stories, you know, everything Jesus did was about building a relationship with us. So I think when we build relationships with each other, then we go stronger in our faith as well. Absolutely. Yes. Well, you're such an encouragement, Kelly. We really appreciate you, everything that you're saying and writing about, um, everything artistic that you do. It really, both Adam and I really respect and admire you, as does the well, small team. So. <laughs> and thank you for having me here today. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. That. Of course. Thank you, Kelly. We hope you have a great day. All right. Thanks. thanks. Uh -huh. Bye. Bye.